listening to the Power Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert. And I have a delightful man with us today. As soon as he starts talking, I know you're going to just kind of sink into the energy that he brings into the conversation the way I did. He's just amazing in the space of really holding that frequency of love. And ironically, he's a love energy teacher. And so it's very fitting for him to embody that space as well. And he's got some cool takes on it too. So I'm excited to have him share those with you. His podcast is called allow love in so he's the host of that and so you're starting to flesh out this picture of this gentleman as the walking talking embodiment of that frequency of love and he's magical in that space so without further ado please join me in welcoming nat karopmatry to the show nat did i get it right you did yes (laughs) yes well welcome welcome we're so excited to have you here with us so welcome to the show and thank you Well, thank you, Tonya. I'm delighted to be here. I love what you're doing with the superpower experts. And, you know, it's about time that we talk more about our superpowers. I think so, too. So I think that's awesome. Well, speaking of superpowers, what are your superpowers? Well, ever-present love is one of my superpowers. And beyond that, I have a keen sense of awareness in terms of sensitivity, you know, empathy, feeling the energy, and using that sensitivity to help guide me and to help guide my work with clients. I love that. So I mentioned it in the introduction about the frequency of love. I don't, you know, not to put words in your mouth, is that languaging that you would use or how do you describe the differentiator between love, how some people interpret it and the work that you do? Yeah, I would definitely talk about the frequency of the love, a specific energy frequency or a specific consciousness. It's when we're tuned into that, we're most aligned with our soul selves, with our divine selves. And that's why it feels so amazing. And mm. when we're tuned into that and living from that space, things tend to be smoother and, and more in the flow or we're able to receive clearer guidance. doesn't necessarily mean that life is perfect in the way that we like to define perfection, but we become better navigators of our lives. Hmm. I like that delineator. I think a lot of folks feel like there's this magical moment that's going to happen and the heavens open up and everything's perfect from that point forward. It's kind of a rude awakening when that's not the case. So I appreciate that you add that element. How did you stumble into to this space? Like why love? Where did all that come from? I stumbled into there, tripped and fell a couple of times, scraped <laughs> my knee, dragged down the sidewalk, primarily because that's the love that I needed for myself. Mm. I, you know, it was, it's my path to learn to be that love for myself. And in doing so, I'm able to guide others to be in that space of love. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. I think that's a pretty typical way that we're guided into things. What if somebody says, you know, your mess is your message. It's how we work through those spaces. What drew you to working with others in that capacity? The same journey of discovering insights for myself. And I've always been a sharer. So mm. throughout my whole life, I've always shared what I learned. I enjoy that type of connection and that conversation, the deep conversations just enlighten and bring greater awareness to who we are and how we work in the world and beyond. Yeah, I think that there's so much to be done in those spaces. I know you and I have talked previously about it just feels like 
a lot of the journey that many of us have done is really culminating right now into two pretty distinct areas, like one being the further advancement for those folks who have already done a decent amount of journey, but also this kind of mass awakening that we're starting to see in response to, you know, external stimuli and that sort of thing. What's your take on all of that in world affairs as we know it? Well, I feel like the ones that have been on this path for a while have been raising the consciousness and helping shift energy in a way that's causing the changes that we see externally and opening up the door for others to you know wake up and own their power as well so i think that everything that's happening right now in the world we don't know the whole story we only see part of it And I think that if we continue to tune into ourselves and follow what feels right for ourselves, then that's the best path and to stay away from taking sides and losing our center. Yeah, we see that happening a lot. It feels to me like it's triggering so many just real innate fears like they're squirmy those little fears like they're you know a lot of us who've done done work it's you know we pretty much say that on a daily basis like we're not really triggered in the big survival ways anymore but those little pieces I refer to them as like little grains of sand or even sometimes dust you know at that level but they're significant and we're trained to look for the big stuff but these don't feel that way they feel like you know I describe it sometimes as a disturbance in the force like you kind of get that there's something going on but you know you can still go about your day-to-day you still work with clients you're still effective those are, in my opinion, some of the hardest ones to stop and take a look at because there is no vast disruption. Like it's easy to do work on yourself when you're in crisis. But that's not where, you know, especially our audience, and I'd imagine yours is similar, like that's not necessarily where people are sitting in these higher frequencies. And yet that work still has to be done. Do you find that to be a conversation? You, <laughs> I feel like you have that conversation often. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think fear pops up in our lives a lot. And as we continue to stretch our comfort zones, we're always going to hit up with fear. I think the difference the where we take more accountability for ourselves is to look at fear and see, you know, what fear is there for it. We put it there to as a sign to remind ourselves to be safe, right? Mm. And then we're given the choice at that time of whether, okay, is this the type of safety I want based on these circumstances? Or is there a deeper safety and security that I really want to experience? And that's connecting in with the love within, within your soul within, and, and trusting in that and moving forward anyway. Uh, I really like that depiction. It's I don't know about you, but for me, I find that the more I do that work, sometimes the harder it is to do that work. It gets easier from the sense of it's a process and I, you know, I, I can identify it and everything else. It feels like the more I do it, though, the further I go, if you will, the smaller the support group, the fewer people in existence in those spaces. And I don't know if that's because we, you know, kind of get to a place where we branch off and do our own very specific creation work. And so, of course, nobody's existing in that space, you know, because we're creating it. Or if it's a frequency thing, so the kind of the higher you go, the fewer people are there. I'm not really sure what to equate it to, but that feels like part of the reason why a lot of folks who are seemingly at the top of their game resist going even further at times because it's a whole new beginning again to traverse that. 
Oh yeah. I can't tell you how many times I hit that resistance. Mm. I think a lot of things are in play. One is what you shared is that, you know, the ones that have been on the path for a while, they're breaking new ground. They're the pioneers, they're the visionaries, they're the way shores. And so you're going to have to step into uncharted territory and that feels unfamiliar and it feels scary and it feels vulnerable. And so it's like the resistance kicks up and you want to step back into Mm -hmm. the familiar. And then there's, you know, the ones that have been walking this path for a while have found comfort in the people around us, the sense of belonging and sense of like fitting in in a sense of our peeps, right? Mm-hmm. So to step beyond that stretch creates that gap and suddenly we're on our own again in a sense. And that is scary in itself. So yeah, there are a lot of things in play. And, and again, It's a process of trusting ourselves that, okay, if this is where we're guided, then we need to trust that spirit is there for us, you know, that love is ever present for us and that it can support us to the next level and that there will be followers that come along with us so that, you know, it comes a big party at some point. Well, and I think even more importantly than the followers is this image I keep seeing of, you know, just encouraging people to look to their left and look to their right, because even though we're all forging our own kind of paths and that's new and pioneering new ways of doing things, like I use the analogy, a lot of, you know, the climbing up the mountain. And so, you you know, you're standing on top of your own mountain and you're climbing higher, you're starting to climb down to go do the work or, you know, we can milk that analogy for days. But as you're on the top of the mountain kind of looking and if you really open yourself up to it, it's like you see all these other peaks and there's people on them and it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. like they're not on your mountain, but there are parallels and synergies there. And when you kind of reach out and know who your allies are, you can feel support in that. And so I think we're trained to look for the person who's right ahead of us, but many of us contracted to not have people right ahead of us after a certain point in time, you know, that was the arrangement. So we could pioneer new spaces. And for those of us, I think it's so crucial to really open up to what does companionship look like in those upper higher levels and support and love and all those things doing that kind of work. And that's exciting to me. Yeah. An example of that from my personal life is, you know, when my wife and I have been together for, say, like 15 years now, and there was a period of time where I wasn't sure we were going to make it. And that was because, you know, spirituality is my life. There's no separation. And so my path looked different than her path. And I thought, you know, in order for us to go ahead together, we had to be on a similar path. But what I get now is that when we have that love, that we can be on different paths, but still support each other. We still have each other's back. Mm. And that reminds me of what you were just saying here is that we don't have to be on the same mountain. We could just have this great belief in each other and great belief in a, a bigger cause, even if the cause is just love for ourselves. And that can bring, it can stretch consciousness. Mm, I love that. Well, and I think for me, the delineator was in my marriage was the idea that we can be on different mountains. The caveat I would give that is that for at least the partnerships that I enjoy, people have to be willing to be climbing their mountains. And so that's the kind of distinction for me. And when 
Justin and I started dating, that was a common conversation. In fact, we wrote our vows around being each other's mirrors and leading each other closer to ourselves, not in a kind of codependency way, but that is the goal is that full on kind of autonomy in ourselves. And then how do we pair those up together to create a really cool partnership? But that was the conversation was there is an element of if you're not growing Together, you do grow apart, but I think we've had a misconception along the line that said that you had to be doing the exact same stuff. Mm-hmm. It's growth in and of itself and meeting in that frequency of love. It's hugely expansive in those yeah. upper frequencies and it allows for that diversity. I mean, I mean, just you and I talking um, and connecting, you know, Jennifer connected us together and, and a lot of that was predicated on these exact principles, which is you're doing your work, she's doing her work, I'm doing my work in the world. Like they're similar, there's crossover and we're seemingly competitors in that space. And yet here we are talking and there's synergy and, and we're exploring like where the intersections are and where the concentric circles overlap, you know, and, and so there's a real beauty in those expansive spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I spend a lot of time thinking about these things. And I love the just just opening up possibilities, you know, of maybe it can look differently and maybe doesn't have to be like we all thought. And I think that your work is a big testament to that. I mean, for you to even be male in this day and age, in this culture and say, you know, spirituality is your life and then talk about your marriage as a you know, equal partnership. I mean, for a lot of us, that's commonplace, but that's not commonplace. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not the majority of the population. You know, I think we fool ourselves into thinking that a lot of people think like us because we surround ourselves with the people who think that way. But I like to remind people that, you know, 90, 95% of the world's population is not sitting here having these kinds of conversations. Right. Yeah. I can see how it's easy to forget that when you surround yourselves with, you know, the people that you resonate with and you do this work day in day out and then you you step out in the world out there and like oh oh yeah i forgot you all are there well and it's you know you and i were talking a little bit about social media i again with the conspiracy theories i believe that like google algorithms and the facebook algorithms and stuff are purposely designed because we can really truly create an entire world and think that everybody agrees with us because the only thing you can search for are things that are in alignment with things that you've searched for previously and in alignment with your viewpoints you know it's a whole social experiment if you go and use somebody else's computer on google and you search for the same things you get two totally different results Mm-hmm. And I contend that we kind of constructed this as a social experiment to see who really truly wants to own the fact that we create our existence. And when you're willing to face that and kind of look at the ramifications of it and really take responsibility for it, that's an expansive conversation. That's a very creative space to enter into. But if you don't see that for what it is and you really fall into the trap of believing that there's this kind of mob viewpoint and you're kind of in the mix there and you agree or what we're seeing more now are like two different mob viewpoints, you know, the dichotomous kind of perspectives on things. It really takes a desire to extract yourself from that in order to see it clearly. And so I do think that it's a little, in my opinion, at least the the games I like to play with myself is that it's a little bit more conspiratorial than that. And I love that because it means that to do this work, like you have to really want to unplug at this stage because it's super easy to not unplug. Yeah. And well, I mean, yeah, you need to want to unplug from the old paradigm. And sometimes if I think back to when I started this journey, 
I didn't realize I was unplugging from an old paradigm. I just knew I was in a lot of pain. Mm. You know, I was suffering a lot and I wanted something different. And I think that, you know, just kind of going back a little bit to we're talking about like pioneers and visionaries. I don't define a visionary or a pioneer as, as someone that like has to, to offer a new way of thinking. I think that we all can be visionaries and pioneers if we choose to live a different life than what we've been living. You know, if the old life isn't working for us, that each of us can stretch beyond our comfort zone and offer a new reality to ourselves. And each of those steps is going to be scary. And are we worth it is the question, you know, do we love ourselves enough to want to give ourselves a different experience? Hmm. I like that. That's really a cool perspective. And it feels inclusive. I think that's in alignment with what we talked about this kind of mass consciousness thing is that it's easy to say, you know, certain people are doing this and this category of people is doing this and, and everything else. But if you look at it from a, in everybody's individual lives, we all have the ability to persevere in that fashion and to really put ourselves first in that journey first is a good first step in that. And it matches up really nicely with your whole dialogue around love and having that love for self and that compassion with ourselves to even take steps in that direction, I think is huge. Yeah, it has to be inclusive. You know, we are all one, right? We are all connected. We're one big puzzle and we're all pieces of the puzzle. So we are all contributing to this shift. And, you know, some of us have been on this path for longer, but it doesn't necessarily make us any better than the ones that are just starting. No, sometimes I think that they might actually be a little bit smarter because, you know, I affirm that for a lot of people. They're like, yeah, but you've been doing this for this long. And, and I'm like, yeah, but you were smart. Like you sat back and, you know, let some of us pave the path and then you're going to step <laughs> onto that path and go even further. Like, you know, it's all different experiences that we have. And sometimes it is easy to discredit our own experience because we look at people who, you know, been doing something for 40, 50, 60 years and it's easy to go, oh, wow, like I, I'll never catch up to that. But if we play in that synergistic space, like we all made these agreements to, you know, play different roles and come in at different times. You know, all I have to do is look at our daughter to see that it's like mm -hmm. the work she's going to do here is she's already starting to do here in the world is so dramatically different than what I did at her age, but she can only do that because so many of us chose something different. It was like recently, you know, we had kind of a political dialogue going within the superpower net and it was around you know, taking a position with the current political stance. And one of the things was around the recent women's march. And so I shared, you know, kind of my position with it. And part of my position really rests on the fact of knowing that as, you know, I don't have to play all the various woman roles because other women are doing that. And sometimes it's just worth taking a step back and saying, I have the luxury of holding a position and sitting really truly in my own space because other people are sitting in their space and it's different from mine. So I don't have to cover all the bases. You know, we see mm -hmm. that in the superpower model with the collaboration. I don't have to be good at all of the pieces and parts that these other experts bring to the table, as long as I'm willing to sit solidly in my space and allow for them to sit solidly in theirs, it creates this really cool, deep and expansive work together. And I think that that's true of the collective as well. When we can appreciate people for playing different roles that are even possibly in opposition to the ones that we choose for ourselves, recognizing there's freedom in that. Absolutely. And that's love in itself 
right? When you can accept yourself as you are and that you don't feel like you need to be somebody different to make a difference. That's love. And to surrender to the model, right? So surrender that, okay, I'm whole as I am. These are my gifts. These are my superpowers. And I'm going to work with what I have. And I'm going to let someone else work their own superpowers, and then we can collaborate and make something great. Mm, beautiful. I think we just solved all the world's problems right here. And we're done. Scene. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. So I know some of our listeners are going to want to know where to find you and find out more about you. Where can we send them? They can go to my website, which is allowloveinn.com. And I also have a Facebook community called Hearts Wide Open. So they can find me. There's a link on my website at allowloveden.com. Awesome. Well, very cool. And so thank you so much, Nat, for joining us on the show. I'm really excited about our connection and looking forward to fostering it even more. Thank you so much, Tonya. It's really been a pleasure. Awesome. And to all of you out there, as always, thank you so much for your loyalty. We appreciate it. And until next time, go out and uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.